Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. It's the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. I'm Kayla Mason. You need more inflection in your voice. I'm Todd Hicksonball, a.k.a. the Todd Father. <laughs> and I'll try next time. Be more intense. <laughs> anyway, we have Act a- like you care. I do care. I know you do. Anyway, we have a great episode for you today. Today, we're talking with L. Campbell. to say about that l is a friend of the pod but she's also the co-founder of stuff you can use and we have um honestly just a wide-ranging conversation with her about starting stuff you can use scaling um and she's uh started an interesting thing by creating a, a women's speaker index as well and so we talk with her about that and just stuff it's man just, this is a lit episode you're gonna take a lot away and you're gonna have a lot of fun while listening to it yep as well. However, before we get into is our conversation with L, is it time? It's time. It's time for our Learner's Corner approved resource of the week. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. We really need to get like a sound effect made for that so I don't have to keep doing that and embarrassing myself. Yeah, get on it. Okay. I have uh, the resource of the week. And surprise, it's, surprise. It's a book. Surprise, surprise. It's, you see, you say surprise, surprise, but. Like, if I say it's a podcast, you're like, well, surprise, surprise. Nerd. It, it literally. <laughs> Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Anyway, Nerd alert. The book is, uh, and I mentioned this on our uh, What We Were Currently Learning in January podcast, but I finished it up now. It's a book called Insight by Tasha Urich. Uh-oh. And it's all about gaining insight into or gaining self-awareness about um, how you see yourself and your values and getting clarity around your values and how other people see you and how to become a self-aware team. It is a must read book. I'm going to put you on the spot. What's one big takeaway? What's one big takeaway? One big takeaway. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, Don't grab your notebook. I know you want to. <laughs> he wants to read 18 quotes to you and I'm stalling right now so that you can organize no, all of your thoughts. Honestly, your my, my big takeaway is, um, and it, it's a quote that's in there. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But basically, it surmises that um, regardless of um, – actually, I can't remember the quote. But, yes, we're going to leave all of this in here. But it's just the importance of you need to know the truth about yourself. Whether it's you discovering it about yourself, whether it's someone else giving you feedback and telling you about it. If you don't, it's going to hinder um, – your growth it's going to hinder your growth and you're mm. not going to become or reach your full potential go out get the book buy it on amazon go to her website yeah. do all the things caleb will have it in the show notes yep and tasha is actually going to be on no she's not she's going to be on the podcast here when soon i didn't know about soon. this and so the best you actually you're going to get this prime that, for it go get the book we highly recommend it but up 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 that was your Learner's Corner approved resource of the week. Or it's the recommended resource of the week, either one. Anyway. Whatever. As we mentioned earlier, we today we are talking with L. Campbell. Do it. So here is our conversation with L. Well, L, we are so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast. Friends, thanks for having me. You guys, we were just before we started recording, we were laughing about how you guys know literally everybody. <laughs> I think all of my friends are now your friends. So it's great. Yeah. Do you know everybody, or does everybody know us? Ooh, that's a good. Hey. 
debate that maybe off air. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, guys, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Yeah, definitely. So just as we also want to clarify something, Elle is in a very warm space right now. Mm, I am. Caleb. I'm nice and cozy. Caleb and I are. Here to be chilly. (laughs) Yeah. This morning in Ohio, it was 29 degrees. It's very Mm. unfortunate. Mm. Very. Continue, Caleb. I know that you're wanting to, you know, Mm -hmm. be professional. So, Elle, catch catch us up. It's been about a year and a half since you've been on the podcast. So, just catch us up on what's been going on with you and Kenny and stuff you can use and all that stuff. Man, the last year and a half has been the most bananas year and a half (laughs) of our lives. So, okay, for those of you who did not listen to, um, you know, my last episode, don't know who I am. Uh, we started, my husband, Kenny and I started as youth pastors at a church in Buffalo, New York. And while we were there, we kind of accidentally started a business. So we, we started a youth ministry resource website called stuff you can use. Uh, it was originally all free stuff, but the demand took off like really quickly. So this was like in year, the year 2010 ish is kind of when we started it. And the demand grew really quickly. So we were like, shoot, I think we need to start charging for these resources because people keep asking us for, to make more things. Uh, so from like 2010 to, let's see, I guess 2017, it was really just a side kind of thing for us. Like we just did it for fun. We did it in our free time, whatever. But it was growing pretty consistently. So uh, in 2017, we kind of looked around. We had full-time jobs. We were working at a company called Orange. And um at that point, because we had left our church and moved gone there. And we kind of looked up and we were like, man, our email list has like, I don't know, 50,000 people. Maybe I forget what it was at that point on it. We have this Facebook group of like thousands and thousands of youth pastors. Um, and we were making like some income from it. And we're like, man, this is like, I had just turned or I was about to turn 30. And we're like, man, this is kind of the time. Like if we're going to give this thing a shot and try to like do it for real, like this is the time. Um, so we went for it. We both quit our jobs on the same day. And cause who needs salaries? We'll figure it out. That's what we thought. So we're like, all right, we're going to quit our jobs and we're going to figure out how to turn the side hustle into like a full fledged full-time job for both of us. Um, and probably when we quit, it was like, um, I mean, we, we knew we would be fine for like a few months, like, cause we were already making some income from it, but definitely not enough to sustain us long-term. So we had a little bit of a cushion, uh, but yeah, we quit and we needed to figure out like, how do we turn this thing into a sustainable business? Um, so that's what we we're trying to figure out. And we did a ton of research. We like talked to our users, talked to this like big community of youth pastors uh, that we're a part of and designed a product based on what they told us their needs were, which is called Grow Curriculum and Strategy. And uh, we launched that in, well, we started taking pre-orders for it. The product didn't exist yet, but we did start taking pre-orders in May, 2017. Uh, And we were thinking, okay, if we can get like 250 churches to do this, uh, that would be sustainable. And like, we'd be like, okay, this was a success. Uh, We had 150 churches sign up on the first day (laughs) and we were like, oh, oh God. Okay. I think, I think people want this or something. Um, by the end of the first year, (laughs) it was bananas. So by the end of the first year, we had over a thousand churches using it and we were like, like what's, what's actually happening right now? We were not sure. Um, so that was, let's see, we're at a thousand users, May, 2018. Uh, it is now October, 2018. Uh, and we have 
2,300 churches using it. And we're just like, every day we're like, literally what's happening? I don't understand what's happening. Um, we're about to expand into kids ministry. So make a, a kid's version of everything we've created for students. Uh, and our team has gone from just me and Kenny to now a core team of 10 people. Um, and we've launched some other stuff along the way. We launched uh, an attendance and database tracker for churches called Grow Numbers. Uh, that's really awesome. It has some cool like data tracking and follow-up uh, features. And um, yeah. Oh, and we started an online conference that is 100% free. And the first time we did it, we had like 5,000 people watching. <laughs> So basically, we're just like having fun and laughing every day because we're like, this is bonkers. <laughs> What's going on? But it's fun. So it's been a really fun, crazy year and a half. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited about right now? I would say the launch of our kids curriculum for sure. So um, I mentioned we started our business in 2010. And from 2010 to, to current, we've been like building relationships with all of these youth pastors. So that's primarily middle school and high school. And uh, it's been really fun, but a large part of, I think, why we've been able to be like successful in the youth ministry space is because we know our audience, we have a ton of relationships with them, like there are people, and branching out into kids ministry is like a little terrifying, but in an exciting way, because Kenny and I personally don't have any kids ministry experience. Um, so this is really like the first time that we're building a new audience, that we're like trusting our team to really understand the kids ministry audience and stuff. So it's cool. It's like a new kind of challenge that uh, we're pretty pumped about. Mm -hmm. What, what has kind of been the decision-making process for your, like, what do you, what are you factoring in as, as you're considering adding like, like the kids men part and even expanding stuff you can use and the grow curriculum and stuff like that. Like what, mm -hmm. what are some of the factors that you're thinking through as you're deciding, okay, we're going to add this or we're going to wait six months to add this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I would say a big question that we're constantly asking is what do people need? What, what do they want? So we are not the kind of people who want to just sit around and like try to create an idea out of the sky and then convince people that they need it. Like we would rather just talk to real people and be like, hi, hey, what do you need? We're here to serve you. And if we can find something that a lot of people need, we would love to try to make that for you. Um, so that's kind of how we operate. So what do people need? Um, I think another one is what doesn't exist yet, because, you know, there's, you know, it's kind of boring just to like do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So like, if we're going to do something, we want to do it because it doesn't exist yet. Um, and so like I mentioned, grow curriculum and strategy. Uh, we obviously there's a ton, if you know, youth ministry, you know, there's a ton of curriculum options out there, but what we wanted to do was to create kind of an all encompassing year of youth ministry that wasn't just curriculum but it was a big strategy that included literally everything for your ministry, curriculum, discipleship, teaching, uh, uh, games, events, volunteers, parents, like literally everything and have it all work together in a really strategic way. So that didn't exist. And we're like, this is exciting. We get to make something new. So what doesn't exist yet is a big question. Um, and really like what problems need to be solved. We are problem solvers. Uh, we love that. We love figuring out what the need is and then coming up with creative ways to fix it. Uh, so that's kind of just in general that, but, um, I think another thing internally for us, uh, you asked about like the timing of projects and all of that stuff, um, is what is like our one thing as a company? Like, what are we doing? What is our mission? 
And then everything we're doing, how is it helping advance that one thing? Um, and so for us, like we really made grow curriculum kind of our one thing. We want to be experts at this one product that we're creating and not be distracted by a hundred billion other things. Um, so we do have like a lot of little offshoots, but they all support our one thing in pretty strategic ways internally. Um, and so they're kind of like all, you know, offshoots of this core product. Um, so that's helped us stay focused. And uh, we actually just had an exercise with our team that we did yesterday. Uh, we had a big team meeting. And one of the things we did was we put all of the things we want to do up on a board. And uh, there's a guy on our team. I think you guys know him. <laughs> He's awesome. And he walked us through this exercise to help us prioritize. And so for every single activity that we did, um, he had kind of the scoring system. And the scoring system, like we all kind of had to vote on how hard we thought it would be to achieve, but also how important it was. Did he walk you guys through this? You're nodding. Well, he didn't. Caleb and I, Caleb brought this to me mm-hmm. one day and we did that for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know where you heard that from. But yeah. Did but it. Like, so Kevin uh, was telling us that there's like some different like iterations of this. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what iteration you guys did, but yeah, that was kind of how we did it. Is like, what's hardest, but also what's going to have the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, how quickly can we get stuff done? So there was this whole scoring system and then we put every, we gave everything these numbers and then figured out what was scored the highest. And we're like, all right, those are the things we have to do first and then put them up on a calendar. So um, I really like that because it helps, you know, like when you're excited about a new project, like you're just pumped about it. And you're like, oh, we have to do it like right now. Like, let's do it. But kind of putting some objective data around it mm-hmm. um, really helps you prioritize in like a strategic way and not an emotional way. So, yeah, yeah. it brings so much it brings so much clarity to it because like you were mm-hmm. saying, it's easy to figure out, you know, this is exactly the stuff that we need to figure out the most important stuff and everything. So I want to ask you, um, Mm -hmm. you talked about how um, you ask what people you're asking what people need. What does that what does that look like? Is that in person conversations, emails, so on and so forth? Yeah, so uh, at this point, we have about 90,000 people on our email list. uh, And we have uh, almost 15,000 in our Facebook group. And so those are like our two sources of serving and collection. Um, so what we do is uh, we this and we did this before we kind of created Grow, but we uh, sent an email to every single person in our database and we said, "Hi, we want to know what your biggest struggle is in youth ministry. So if you can just reply to this email and let us know, that'd be awesome." So that's all we did. Sent an email, but we went to a ton of people and uh, we got the emails back and just started like categorizing them, filtering through them, reading every single response, and then trying to like put those responses in buckets to try to figure out like what are the common themes uh, with everybody. And, you know, some of those emails were like one word. It'd be like parents or like volunteers. And others would be, you know, like a two-page rant about all the things that are wrong with their church. So it was pretty funny uh, and crazy to try to figure out, you know, mesh all of those things together. But it was a great exercise and getting to hear that in people's words, um, I think was important rather than us just giving them, you know, choose one of these five things and tell us which one is hardest. We got to actually hear their real stories. Uh, and that helps a lot to figure out what they were struggling with. So, uh, yeah, we did that in our emails and we did it in our Facebook group, too. What, with all this expansion, and all these different ideas, and, and I know you and Kenny are big idea people. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are, are like me. You you like to chase cars, <laughs> figure out where the car is going to take you. 
Um, <clears throat> how do you scale? What's helped you to scale well? Because you you talk about how you know you launch this thing, you're not really sure what's going to happen, and then 150 on the first day. How do you continue to scale, and how do you continue to expand and grow the brand that you guys have created? Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips, tricks? Is it just prayer and hoping that it goes <laughs> well? Like, what is the thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had, um, we had a business coach like very early on before we launched the product and he was like, Hey, you need to figure out what kind of company you want to run. Like, are you trying to grow this into like a giant thing where you have a hundred employees who are cranking stuff out? And we're like, no, that sounds awful. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to be in charge of that. That sounds boring. That sounds like corporate and I don't like it. Um, and he was like, all right, well then what you want based on what you're telling me is you want kind of like this lifestyle business. So that means like, you know, no, like maybe 10 employees and like, that's it. Like, so you need to keep that in mind as you're thinking about how to scale and when to scale, because if you want that kind of life, then you need to keep your team small and you need to keep your focus really focused. So, uh, that was good to know and good to have like a destination in mind, Uh, So that's helped us keep everything in perspective. But I think just in general, um, we, because of our ministry background, we're really wired to want to empower other people um, and to bring other people into the mix and to watch them lead and to watch them do things that are better than what we could do. And so bringing that, I think, into our business has been really important. Like we want to surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us and who can get stuff done and who we don't micromanage within an inch of their lives. Uh, so I think I, the most important thing when it comes to scale is just like finding the right people and then letting them have freedom to be empowered and to do their job and to learn more than we know and to do it better than we could do it. Um, so I, I would say that's the biggest one. Whenever you're looking for those type of people, what do you look for? So one of our business coaches, he told us about this quiz that has been really helpful. It's called the predictable success quiz, and uh, it identifies four different leadership styles. And so the four styles are visionary, synergist, operator, and processor. And so basically what he challenged us to do is anytime you are hiring for a person, you need to know exactly what kind of role you want them to fulfill. And when you're interviewing people, the first thing they need to do is fill out that quiz. And if they don't line up with the type of leader you're looking for, move on. Like, it doesn't matter how much you like them, move the heck on. Um, He's like, you, he's like, especially in like the kind of work that we do, um, visionaries are really appealing. Uh, People want to like fill their team with amazing visionaries. But the problem is if you have all visionaries and no operators and processors or synergists, like you're going to have a real heck of a time. (laughs) It's not going to be fun because you'll all be sitting around with ideas and then nothing ever happens. Um, Yeah. So just kind of being aware of the type of role that you need to hire for and like being ruthless with yourself of being like, I I love that person, but I can't hire them. They're not what we need uh, is really important. So one of the things that as as you were talking about starting um, starting stuff you can use and probably even uh, today is that there's got to be some sort of uh, fear associated <laughs> with it about you know is this is this going to last you know is this person is this person the right person how how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I for those of you who know about the enneagram I'm an enneagram nine uh, which is the peacemaker and 
as a nine, when I'm stressed out, I go to a phobic six, which means I am terrified of all the things. Everything is terrible. Everything horrible is going to happen. It's that's how I think when I'm stressed out. So yeah, there's a lot of fear involved. I know that very well. Uh, so one thing that's been good for me is my husband is very not fear driven. Like he has no fears. He's ridiculous. Like, I don't know what his deal is. He's just like, everything's fine all the time. And if things are not fine, who cares? We'll just go work at Starbucks or something. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually a good point. Like we're, we're like relatively smart people. Like if we need to get a job, we can get a job, like whatever. So he's always been good at talking me off the ledge of just being realistic. Like literally what's the worst that could happen. And for me, an exercise that's been really helpful is honestly like answering, okay, what is the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Writing it down, naming it. And once you name it, then you can be like, is that really that bad? Like if that did happen, what would I do? And walking yourself through all of those steps. Um, because then you start to realize that even the worst case scenario is pretty manageable. <laughs> and you <figure> it out. <laughs> like, okay, got it. So that's helpful. Yeah, I I have I have something that's very similar because I I can very much get inside my own head. Um, no, <laughs> you is, do. <laughs> I didn't know. So like, I literally have to go to like I go to the worst case scenario of like every time. Well, well, even even with helping the deal with it, I go. Well, I'm probably not going to die from this, <laughs> and then I just build myself up from there. Yes. But Caleb, we we need people like us who freak out because we keep everybody else alive. Exactly. Like Todd, God, you'd be dead if it weren't for Caleb. I was fine for like what twenty years of my life. <laughs> I was really okay. Oh. That's awesome. Is it though? Yeah. I don't know. This is this is weird. What what are you what what are you learning right now about leading? Um, leading the stuff you can use team and how has your leadership had to change since adding more team members? Yeah. So I right now have to hire somebody, which is like really stressful for me, but it's exciting. Nine, so you don't want any conflict. I know. Like I don't want to accidentally hire the wrong person and be like, Oh, I have to fire you. <laughs> That's like my worst nightmare. Um, but so basically um, I'm kind of the content arm of stuff you can use. So any of like the, the actual words that get produced, which is a lot of words because we're basically like a publishing company, essentially, uh, I'm in charge of. And um, so realizing that I can't feasibly do all of that isn't really the problem for me because we, like I kind of talked about, we've always loved empowering people and bringing people in. But for me, because I'm a nine, I'm a little bit indecisive. And so figuring out how to delegate it is a lot. Like, there's so many ways you could do it. And so I'm like right now trying to figure out the best way to kind of multiply myself and to give some of that away. So I want to, but I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. So uh, that's kind of what I'm navigating right now and trying to figure it out. Um, but actually just this week, uh, I started having conversations with like five different people about the role. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm pumped. And a little nervous because I need to figure it out. <laughs> One of the things that we love that you are doing right now is you're you're creating this. Um, we we've been following. If people have been following L on Twitter, which by the by the way, yes, 
Everybody needs to go follow Elle on Twitter right now. <laughs> Twitter is my most unfiltered social media. <laughs> because because Twitter is where we get people really get to see L. Um it's anyways, phenomenal follow. But anyways, so on Twitter, you I don't know how long ago this was, but you put out this thing where you basically were like, Hey ladies, all of you I almost started singing all the single ladies. That was that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's okay. But, like, all the ladies, I need you to contact me. And you were going to yeah. put together, like, an index. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that, why you did that, what the thing is, where your guys are kind of at with that right now? Yeah, yeah. So, in youth ministry, uh, it's a very male-dominated field. Uh, if you look at, like, conferences, if you look at the job openings, if you look at people who are getting hired, it's a lot of dudes. <laughs> and I love my youth ministry guys. Love them. They're some of my besties. But the thing is, um, because it is so male dominated, it is very difficult, especially in certain contexts, for women to find places to have a voice in youth ministry. Uh, And there's kind of this whole like systemic issue when it comes to that, because um, as a woman in youth ministry, it is more difficult to find mentors who can mentor you in ministry because most of the people in youth ministry uh, are men and a lot of men feel uncomfortable with mentoring women. Uh, and so women don't always get the kind of like, you know, the help and the training and the coaching that they need early on in their careers. And so as they start to get older, you start to see that fewer women are given opportunities to speak on platforms because the perception is, well, they're just not really that good or they haven't really been trained. But it's like, well, there's a whole systemic issue here because part of the reason some women haven't been mentored and trained is because there were no men who gave them that space to learn and to try and to fail. Uh, and so it's kind of the system that just keeps perpetuating where it's really hard for women to get in the door uh, and to just start. But the other part of this is that there are many uh, places in youth ministry where women are celebrated and given those opportunities and women are crushing it. Like female youth pastors everywhere, amazing female speakers, like they're killing it. They're amazing. But because it is already so male dominated, it's just harder for people to know who those women are and where to find them. And so I hear all the time, like, oh, like, yeah, I mean, I would hire a woman to speak at my camp or to come teach my students or to speak at my conference. uh, But I just don't know any who are good. And we hear that all the time as women. And so basically, I just kind of got sick of it. (laughs) And I was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a directory. It's going to be free. We're just going to put all the women on there who are speakers, because then we will be removing all of these barriers and obstacles to the claim that I don't know any women who can speak because there's a ton of them and they're awesome. So we're making this big directory. We have like a hundred women right now who have submitted their info. Uh, and like we're, so what we're trying to do is we're figuring out the technology, but we're, um, trying to make like a searchable directory so you can find women who are in your area, who speak on the topics that you're looking for somebody to come speak to. Um, And it's going to be a directory of women who speak to students and who speak to youth leaders. So you'll be able to kind of like filter both of those options. Um, Yeah, so we're working on it. And the hope is that we'll launch it with 100 women on it so that everybody can find an awesome woman to come speak to their youth groups or their youth conference. Well, whenever I hear you talking about that, one of the things that I guess my mind is drawn to is, so, you know, you're saying that one of the things is that women can't find mentors because men aren't willing to do that. And I, and I, I get that. Um, I've been at a lot of churches, 
um, where that was that was kind of a thing. Or, or have you guys started thinking through anything about how can we start to make to, to bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you've kind of thought of or, 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 or is anybody that you know of doing anything um, like that to, to fix that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we kind of um, the idea of like coaching and community was something that we tried to figure figure out, like, is that something we really want to branch into as a company? Uh, at this point, we don't. Um, we're really more specialists in like the digital resourcing rather than like coaching. That's a whole other beast. So what we do is we actually partner with people um, and recommend people who, you know, do that really well. So a few that are cool is um, our friend April Diaz. She is an amazing, amazing coach. She's worked with tons of different organizations over the years, like Slingshot Group, um, Sticky Faith through Fuller, uh, the Youth Cartel. She's done a ton of different stuff. She's certified in all of these things. Um, and she does both one-on-one coaching uh, and she also does like mastermind style coaching too. So she's an excellent person to reach out to. Uh, you can find her at aprildiaz.com. And she actually does this cool segment on our podcast, uh, which is called Youth Ministry Answers, where about once a month, um, she takes a coaching call from a youth pastor who just has, a, it could be about anything, like like I have to fire somebody, or um, I don't know how to get more kids at my events, or uh, I think my boss hates me. How do I like, how do I fix this? And she does a free coaching call with them. And then we play portions of it on our podcast. So uh, if you want to check out Youth Ministry Answers, you can get a little preview of April's coaching. So you know what to expect. She's amazing. Uh, Or schedule a call of your own if you want. Uh, Then there's also um, the guys at Youth Ministry Booster. And so they are youth pastors. They run a podcast called Youth Ministry Booster. And they've created these really affordable uh, coaching communities where you can just get plugged into a community um, and you can like meet with this community of youth pastors. You can learn together. They give you like resources and webinars and all that stuff to help you learn. But really the emphasis is like community. Uh, so you can check that out. I think it's like 15 or 20 bucks a month or something like that to be a part of it. Uh, and that's really cool if you're just looking for to connect with, you know, people somewhere. Uh, but then also like, honestly, Facebook groups are really such a good tool. Like find people in there in those groups who are like-minded and who are smart and just like reach out because you might be surprised. Like I think youth pastors of all like expertise are still looking for community and people to bounce ideas off of. Um, Veteran youth workers need to learn from rookies and rookies need to learn from veterans. So yeah, find somebody. Don't be scared. Ask them to be your friend. So I want to ask, uh, and I, all of us, I think, would agree with this that this is this is a really important topic for the for obviously for the church, mm-hmm. but for the person who's like, okay, um, I I understand that it's important, but is it important for me to do something now about it? Like, what would you what would you say to that mm-hmm. person? For uh, for the coaching piece, you mean? Like, uh, sorry, for, sorry, going back to um, mm-hmm. kind of like the the finding women speakers, mm-hmm. finding women yeah. leaders onto their team. Yeah. I would say it is 100% important to do something now, like this week. Um, if you realize like, oh, shoot, a woman has never spoken to my students, has never been on a platform, um, I would really challenge you to do something like immediately because uh, there is tons of research. If you, um, Fuller Youth Institute just posted an article uh, recently uh, that was talking about how young girls, when they see women leading publicly in their churches, it has unbelievable effects on 
not only their self-esteem, but their faith. And I mean, for me, like I didn't even realize I was called to do ministry until I was like over the age of 20, because I never saw women leading in ways that meant something to me um, or that I could see myself doing. So uh, it's this idea of representation that when you see a woman doing something and I mean, really, like it's the same for everybody, but we're talking about women. So I'm talking about um, if you see somebody who looks like you, who you identify with doing something that you might be interested in you may not realize that you could do that thing until you see somebody like you doing it. Um, so that's really important. And if you don't know where to start, like an easy way to start is just by training up volunteer communicators in your youth ministry. And it can start with something as simple as an interview, like, hey, I'm gonna invite one of my female volunteers to come up during one of my messages and I'm gonna interview her. And that'll kind of get get her foot in the door of like, hey, this is what it's like to communicate in front of a group. And then just, keep fostering that, like keep giving opportunities as much as possible. And in general, just be aware of the balance of men and women in your ministry who are leading in significant ways. Um, Sometimes you're going to need to be really strategic and be like, oh, shoot, I have never had a woman speak into my teaching. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose three women from my team. Maybe they're volunteers, maybe they're students, and I'm going to invite them to my next meeting and ask them for their feedback. Um, so you have to be intentional. It doesn't just happen by accident. Yeah, definitely. So just as, uh, we're kind of wrapping up a little bit, uh, we always have some questions that we love to ask all of our guests on the podcast. Oh, and, she's so excited about this. Part. I'm excited. <laughs> hey, I, this is my favorite part of the interview too. <laughs> what's one thing that is helping you um, professionally? And then what's one thing that's helping you personally right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my answer is kind of both, but my answer would be, I have a couple coaches in my life right now and they're business coaches, but they're also kind of, it. yeah, but they're also kind of like life coaches. Like, I mean, <laughs> they, like the things that they're teaching me about business, I'm like, Oh frick, like that's yeah. a great life lesson. So mm-hmm. I would give them credit for both of those things. Talk about the difference uh, that you've seen in yourself before you were getting coaching and after mm-hmm. you've started getting coaching. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I am less conflict averse. <laughs> so that's great. Like as a Enneagram 9 peacemaker, I don't really like conflict. Um, but both of my kind of coaches have really helped me like lead. And really, I say both. I mean, there's more than two. Like there's two who I'm kind of in like a formal arrangement with, but then there is like this other community too of like, you know, my friends and peers and people who are older than me who like really I've just been more intentional about getting advice from. Uh, and a lot of this has just been, you know, a process of being okay with like my wiring and learning how to kind of take my wiring, but take it to like the healthiest version of me. Um, so that's been a big part of it. So the conflict aversion is a big one. Uh, and being like, um, like, uh, so part of my personality too, is being a little bit indecisive or like, you know, whatever. So part of that I think has been a a big result of this too, of like being okay with owning my own opinions and being like, no, I do have an opinion and I'm going to share it. I'm going to make a decision based on the opinion and that's okay. So, uh, yeah, I think I've been more decisive. And less conflict averse in the last couple of years, which is great. So what I, so what I just heard is that when we come to Atlanta, uh-huh. we'll let you pick where we're going to lunch. Oh God, <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh 
I don't want that. That's awesome. Hey, what, what hey, advice? I, I want to go back to something real quick. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Go what, for it. Cut them off. Yeah. What's, what's one thing that has helped you become less conflict averse and what's one thing that's helped you become more decisive? Uh, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like be like, sometimes you have to upset people mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to do something that people don't like. And the only way to get better at it is to just like do it. <laughs> Basically, there's um, I was listening to a podcast about Enneagram nines and they were talking about how like nines can be kind of like pushovers because we want everybody to just be happy. We don't like conflict. But what we do is we sacrifice our own boundaries and our own health sometimes to make more people happy. And uh, but there's this idea of right action is the term. And so like as a nine, sometimes your boundaries just get pushed like one time too far. And that's when you're like, oh here, like, this is actually, I am willing to take a stand now. I'm willing to be decisive. I'm willing to make people unhappy because I, I, it would, it just went too far. Mm -hmm. So, so learning that and being okay with that, uh, has been good for me. (laughs) What advice would you give to someone who is eager to learn? Mm. Um, learning is awesome. Learn all the things that you can, uh, I would say the biggest piece of advice, though, is be kind of ruthless with yourself about evaluating the types of voices you're listening to. Like, if you are learning from the same kind of people all the time, it is time to learn from some new people. (laughs) Like, I think you guys obviously do this well based on the kind of people that you guys have on this podcast. You have people from different, um, you know, walks of life, different, um, like, jobs, different everything. Um, and I think just being aware of like, oh, am I, is all the information that I'm taking in from the same kind of person or the same field, um, or the same gender or the same ethnicity, whatever, like just be honest about that and then find somebody new to listen to. So who, who are some of the people that you surround yourself with that are different from you? Uh huh. Um, well, okay. So it's really easy in the ministry world to surround yourself with other ministry people. Uh, which is important. You mm-hmm. need ministry-based community because it's important. Uh, but we, so where we live, which is Alpharetta, Georgia, uh, we actually live in the number one small city for tech startups in the country. And mm-hmm. so there's like 700 something tech startups in our like little city. And uh, so one thing that's been cool for us is surrounding ourselves with entrepreneurs uh, because there's plenty of them. They're everywhere. And uh, just like learning from them, has been really, really helpful and awesome. Um, so I would say that's one group. Uh, but like, okay, this is such a simple thing. We talked about Twitter, but we talk, this is a simple thing. But honestly, like the impact for me was tremendous. Is that like a couple years ago, I like looked at the people I was following on Twitter and I was like, yo, there are way too many white people on this list. I was like, all right, here's what I need to do. I need to find some people who are not white people that I need to listen to. And so I literally just like went down the rabbit trail of finding people who seemed interesting and who were tweeting smart things and who were tweeting things that maybe I didn't 100% understand or agree with. And I just filled my Twitter feed with people who did not look like me. And then I just sat there and I read their tweets for like months and months. And I was like, oh, dang, I'm an idiot. Like, my world has been so small. This is I like the things that people were saying and talking about. I'm like, I've literally never thought about any of this before. Um, So yeah, it was a simple thing, but it was incredibly impactful for me. 
Who's one or two Twitter follows that does that to you on a regular basis? Oh, hold on. <laughs> I want to pull my, my Twitter feed up and just see who's popping up at the top. Let's see. Let's see. Um, who's popping? Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, okay. Irene Cho. Who? Campbell. Yep. I'm a good one. Uh, Irene Cho from Fuller is unbelievable. She is Asian American. And she goes hard on Twitter. Like, just get like get ready. Like, you're gonna be like, I am afraid, but you're you're gonna like it though. You're gonna like it. Um, so she's a great one. Um, let's see, let's see. I'm just scrolling through right now. Oh, I'm. Uh, I think we've talked about this. Uh, it like through DMs or whatever. But Austin Channing Brown, unbelievable. Yes, I love that woman. Uh, she wrote a book called I'm Still Here. And it is one of the best books that I've read in a long time. I've recommended it to basically everybody. Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? Oh, this is just a random one. But um, somehow I found this account, I think just because people I was following followed it, called Publishing in Color. And it is an account for people of color who are writers. And it was just fat. Like, that was just a big eye opener to me of like, oh, it is like way harder for a person of color to get a publishing deal than it is for me. Like that's crazy bonkers to me. Um, so that was really eye-opening. Yeah, but if you guys want, go to my Twitter. It's L with 11 L's and steal. You can go ahead, follow all my followers. Enjoy. They're all amazing. Go learn some stuff. They're great. L with 11 L's. That's, that's Twitter handle ever, I know. <laughs> Not nine L's. 11. Because an 11 looks like two L's, you know? It, it does. <laughs> it is. There's a reason. There's a reason. Now, I know that you're really excited about this next question. Yeah, I am. So, if you could have everybody learn one thing. Mm-hmm. Now, that one thing could be how to make the perfect crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm, interesting. Or it could be something highly philosophical and tactical. Yeah, yeah. What would that one thing be? Uh, it would be how to uninstall a font from your computer. <laughs> and the fonts I would like to submit for uninstallation would be three of them. Comic Sans, mm, probably more than that. Comic Sans, Papyrus, American Typewriter. And uh, what's that other one? It's like a handwritten font. Um, it's called like Note. I forget what it is. Basically, if it came as a default font and it's not Helvetica, uninstall That's what everyone learn. Or, or you could just leave it alone and not use those fonts. No, the temptation is will be there for some people. Okay. Well, and then, uh, what are you learning right now? Mm. Oh, hold on. Here's the other thing about fonts. Please continue. When you uninstall it from your computer, nobody can send you a Word document in Comic Sans because when you open it, it will automatically change to like Helvetica and you'll never even see the Comic Sans. So that's the other reason why you have to uninstall it and not just ignore it. Okay, that was that's the end of that. What did you just ask me, Caleb? <laughs> what are you learning right now? <laughs> uh, okay, so I've been talking a lot about uh, the fact that I'm an Enneagram 9. I'm learning a lot about my personality. And I know Enneagram is trendy, which is like super annoying to me because I hate that. 
but what I hate even more is how much I love it, despite the fact that it is trendy. It's been very, like, unbelievably helpful for me, uh, which is very irritating. So uh, been learning a lot about that, about myself. Um, so just basically I'm learning kind of like how to be the healthiest version of my personality, which is a nine with a one wing, which means I have this simultaneous, like, like desire for there to be no conflict, but also a desire for like justice and for things to be right and correct, which is very irritating because in order to have justice, you need to engage in some conflict. So that's frustrating. Um, so I'm learning how to balance those things. Uh, so two books I'm reading right now. The first one is called Raise Your Voice, Why We Stay Silent and How to Speak Up by Kathy Kong. That one's amazing. Uh, and also I'm reading another one, which is uh, people, whenever I mention this, people are like, what <laughs> is this book? But it's called How to Be a Craftivist. And it's called The Art of Gentle Protest. And it is about this girl who used craft projects as a form of active activism and protest. Um, so I'm reading both of those. They're very interesting. It sounds like a word you made up. I know. That's the best part. It's like a craft, but with words. You just made it up. You know? It's like a craft, but with words. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, El, before we end the podcast, is there anything else uh, that you would like our listeners to know? Um, if you like youth ministry, we just released uh, a really awesome app called the Grow app. And Basically, what we're trying to do is to make like the greatest app in the history of youth ministry. Uh, so check that out and let us know if you think it's the greatest app in the history of youth ministry, especially if you do. If you do think it is, tell us. If you don't, don't. tell us privately and then what we can change and we will happily change it for you. Um, but that's what we're working on right now. Our team like busted their you know what to get this app done. And it's amazing. Uh, somebody said it's like the Swiss army knife of youth ministry apps, which I really found a lot of joy in. So, uh, yeah. Cool. And if people want to continue to connect with you and stuff you can use, where's the best place for them to go? You can find us on all the social media channels, uh, including LinkedIn, by the way. Um, just that's like the grown up. So that's like the grown up social media channel though. I know, but it, I, I'm thinking it might be like a sleeper. Like one of these days, LinkedIn is <laughs> It's been, so it's been sleeping a long time. Yeah, it's been sleeping. It's always been sleeping, but whatever. And everybody needs to go follow L. Follow me, friends. Let's be friends. <laughs> and then your Instagram, it's different than your Twitter, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's in a like, different amount of L's. Stop. Don't remind me of this. This is, this well, is I'm doing this so that people can go follow <laughs> you on Instagram. Thank you me. have multiple Instagram accounts. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. I got locked out of my original Instagram account in like 2014. So that was L with 11 L's. Got locked out. And Instagram to this day has the world's worst customer service. Could never get back in. So after like nine months of not having Instagram, I was like, fine, I just have to start a new account. So now I'm L with 18 L's. <laughs> it's really sad. So you have to work really hard if you want to follow me. But. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why 18? <laughs> it literally was the next thing available. It was literally... <laughs> it was so stupid. Like, who had 12? Like, somebody had 12. A lot of people do. At least 17 other people have accounts that are L with a lot of L's in them. 
Uh, well, so that's where I am. L, thank you so much for being on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Thanks for having me, friends. Oh my goodness, Todd. Such a fun conversation. What did you learn from our uh, talk with Elle? Well, I think that one of the the huge things and probably the most impactful thing that I think came out of that conversation for me was her willingness to create that directory for women, mm-hmm. um, for women, for, for female speakers. Just because you and I have swum, swum, swam, swam, I don't know. Just because we... Quick, what's it, let us know what the past tense of... Is it swim? We swim. Swam. I have no idea. I don't we, know. We swim. I don't know. Swim, swam. Whatever it is. Um, just because we kind of, we, we, we navigate around those waters, a lot of student ministry. I think it's so true that there's not hardly, there, there are not many voices that, that are regular speakers in student ministry that are female. And I don't think, that, I think it's probably also accurate for speakers in general that yep. typically it is not the first choice for people to, to look to find a woman who does it. And I think it, I just love the fact that she's creating a platform for, for women to be able to um, get, gain some recognition and be able to go. And so the organizations, churches, um, you know, the secular organizations can go to find um, high-quality speakers. I think it's just awesome. That was my big takeaway. Great. As well as she laughs a lot. And also she has way too many freaking L's in her Instagram and Twitter handles. Shout out to you, L. But seriously, too many. I think she's 18. That's a ridiculous number. Hot takes from the Todd father. That's a ridiculous number. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you enjoyed our conversation with Elle, you're not going to want to miss our conversation next week with Rebecca Sofer. And Woo! we talk with uh, Rebecca about uh, grief. She is the founder of a movement called Modern Loss. And she also uh, co-authored a book. Actually, she's a co-founder and a co-author of a book called Modern Loss. And so grief is really something that, honestly, just, it just doesn't get talked about right. a lot. But it is, um, it's going to happen to people at one point or another. And so we talk with her about navigating through that, what to expect, what, what not to expect, and kind of the do's and don'ts of um, how to be with a person through the grooving process as well. So the best way to make sure you don't miss that episode is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast player you use, whether it's Overcast or Apple Podcasts or Google Play, whatever it might be, do that as well. Also, leave us a rating and write a review of the podcast. Please do that. Give us those five stars. In fact, here's someone who gave us uh, not only five stars, but left a review as well. And it is Andrea S. With, I think, a star emoji. I'm just putting the star emoji at the end of it. Anyway, here's what she says about the Learner's Corner. Love listening on my commute. Keep up the great work. Well, Andrea, thanks so much for leaving that review. And if you want your review read on the podcast, you got to leave one. So do it. Do it. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is not Caleb Mason. It's Todd Ixenball. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all. Deuces, y'all.